재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 This is Koreascape on TBS EFM 101.3 megahertz in Seoul and surrounding areas. Did you know, is what we call this little corner of the program, Michelle Kong from the Seoul Global Center joins us each week to bring us up to date on general details of life in Korea, stuff that a lot of people wished they'd known a lot sooner. Michelle, hi. Good morning, Kurt. You know, every time something in Korea gets on the list of UNESCO intangible cultural assets. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a big deal here. Uh, a lot of headlines. Um, there's a fair amount of pride on the part of the government or whichever region of Korea has produced the latest asset. I think the latest one was the Henyo, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I think so. That they, was the they latest They just had a edition. meeting down in Ethiopia, I think, and they confirmed the henyo are an intangible cultural asset of humanity. Mm-hmm. So it's always a big boost for whatever the attraction is. What, what, what's it all mean? I mean, put it into a little bit of context for us. Well, um, we are, the Koreans are proud um, of having all these cultural assets that are listed as um, UNESCO um, heritage, mm-hmm. which is uh, the evidence that our um I don't know, culture, and then all these um, values are recognized by the world. So that's why we are proud of uh, this all news. Um, and then uh, at the same time, uh, I don't know about many uh, other world, like other countries, mm. but we do um, have this uh, authority that maintains uh, Korea's own cultural um, mm. heritage. So once UNESCO designates something as a, an intangible cultural asset of humanity, then Korean domestic laws go into effect and kind of protect it and enshrine it and uh, raise its profile, basically. Uh, sometimes it's the opposite. Um, Korean government first recognizes it could be an object or mm-hmm. it could be a performance, you know, and then designate it as the culture um, uh-huh. heritage. And then the government tries to list this as... I see. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's a grassroots, bottom-up kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Korea designates it and then kind of submits it to the world stage. Yes. Um, what kind of things are intangible cultural assets here in Korea? Um, probably you've heard of this, uh, uh in downtown Seoul. Mm-hmm. That's the very first national treasure of Korea. Yeah. Kukbo, right? There's a hierarchy, huh? Yes. How, roughly how many are there? Ooh, there are so many. So many. Hundreds? Uh, yeah, more than hundreds. More than hundreds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then depending, it's not necessarily a, is it a chronological list? Uh, it's just, uh, in the order that was uh, designated. Mm. It's not in okay, the order. Okay, so it's in order. It's not a hierarchical ranking. Mm-mm, no. Like Namdaemun couldn't be knocked out of the number one <laughs> slot, could it? Mm-mm. Okay. Right. If they found some awesome tomb somewhere or palace <laughs> underground that, you know, oh, Namdaemun's, forget it. That's now the number one. 
It's just chronological. (laughs) (laughs) That could be very confusing. Everything (laughs) is ranked in Korea, right? Everything's got a score. So I figured it was based on merit or something like that. Uh, (laughs) But it's just, you know, the order in which it was designated. That's right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So culture assets are classified into eight different categories, eight different types. So national treasure or treasure, important folk material, historical sites or places of scenic beauty or a natural monument. And then we have this important intangible culture asset. Mm-hmm. Um, it literally means culture properties that have no shape or form, like oral traditions or performing arts. Um, or it could be knowledge or practices or skills. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's kind of where the Haenyo f- uh, fall in. That's right. Um, I imagine, is, is Taekwondo up there? Uh, must be a cultural asset of sorts, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, ev- all of the big things that you associate culturally with Korea probably are designated that's as right. cultural assets. Mm. Whether they're skills, music. Or uh, building like Gyeongbokgung Palace. Yeah, mm. yeah, a whole lot of them. Um, and then you have, you can designate individual human beings as cultural treasures too, can't you? Mm, yes. Well, it's <laughs> kind of hard to just uh, answer that question because we do have this term, 인간 문화재, or yeah. living a national treasure. A living national treasure, a living, breathing, walking national treasure. Human legacies. Yes. <laughs> right. But this is not an official form or a term. I see. Mm. So it uh, is under this uh, umbrella of intangible properties or cultural assets, but mm. we just uh, simply call all those people who hold this special skills ingan uh, munate. So if you have like a really awesome painter or something like that, or mm-hmm. a dancer, somewhere in Korea, in Seoul perhaps, there's a meeting they say, look, let's designate that person a human treasure. <laughs> and then they award that. That There must be some sort of protocol that yeah, somebody yeah. goes through. Yeah, that's right. So um, if there's someone who is already Inga uh, Munaji or a living national treasure, then that person grants some government funds. And then that person has this right to train um, his or her um, students. Mm. And then that person, the student, it can be probably is entitled to be the next uh, living uh, national treasure. I'm just trying to, where is the sort of Jedi Council that uh, <laughs> votes on these things? Who, who is it? Uh, Cultural um, Heritage Administration. This is the uh, body. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cultural Heritage Administration mm-hmm. is the body that hands out these designations. Yes. Got yes. it. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So um, this is the person, living national treasure, uh, is the person with the ability to make or perform one of these uh, officially designated important intangible cultural properties. Um, and then once you um, have this title, then this designation expires your death. Like until you die, you have this mm. right. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like becoming the Pope. You're, you're, you, 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 <laughs> although technically <laughs> we had a Pope that resigned. That doesn't really work. Mm. But it's lifelong. Yes, yes, that's right. Um, and we have this Koryeop Celadon Ceramist or Korean Royal uh, Court Cuisine mm-hmm. Experts who... Are, we have about 570 um, holders that are designated as intangible properties. And then uh, recently, Songchangsun, probably you know what Pansori is or our of audience. Course, yeah. mm-hmm. mm. Korean opera, traditional opera, I sure. say. Uh-huh. Uh, Songchangsun, she was one of those uh, living 
treasures, but she passed away this year, uh, January. Um, she is the first Pansori performer who uh, had her performance in the Carnegie Hall in the States. Ah, how interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there is a, a at least a partial aspect of representing Korea on the world stage. Somebody that is so good at their Korean cultural craft mm-hmm. that it raises the profile. Yes. It makes it almost a global thing. Yes, mm. yes, that's right. Um, and that there is a center for those intangible properties in Gangnam-gu Samsung-dong area, the sole center for national intangible culture assets. I visited this uh, building once. Mm. And then it's really interesting. This is where all these... Uh, Ingan Bunaje are training their students, but at uh, the really? same, mm-hmm. okay. But at the same time, for the general public, you can just go there mm-hmm. and then and, and learn yeah. from all these human legacies. Oh, that might make a nice walk through at some point for this show. Maybe we'll do that at uh, some point in the mm. future. A lot of different uh, sort of angles on culture under one roof. Um, what, uh, does the Cultural Heritage Administration look mainly into traditional? kind of uh, Korean achievements or are they looking at the modern scenario as well? So far, um, more traditional sides they mm-hmm. focused on, but recently they made an announcement that sort of stirred a controversy though. Um, the Cultural Heritage Administration said the Korean skating legend, Kim Yana, mm-hmm. um, her skates. Just her skates? <laughs> the pair she wore during the 2010 Vancouver Winter Olympics. Again, just the skates. I mean, just as if Kim Yona didn't have much to do with it. Just uh, the skates got out there. and Well, she was inducted into Korea's Sports Hall of Fame, but this time just a pair of her skates okay. um, will be designated as a culture asset. Uh, it's a bit shaky. So, I don't know. Uh, I, don't mm. want, I, I don't have the full story, but skates are skates, aren't they? That's right. And then what um, concerns me is these ice skates were actually made in Europe, Italy, and England. Oh, gasp. <laughs> <laughs> is uh, Kim Hyuna, she, she must be one of these Ingan Munaje, right? Sure. So she's a living cultural asset, treasure, whatever. Um, that base is covered. I guess if you want to throw the skates in with the deal, why not? Well, she is not technically Ingan Munaje yet. Okay. But, um, well, this cultural property protection law that only allows for the designation of objects that are over 50 years old. Mm. So now the authority is slowly changing this regulation yeah. uh, to protect modern um, culture assets of higher value. But like I said, the skates um, themselves were made in uh, right. foreign countries. And they're skates. I mean, first off, the, the, the skates per se are not a Korean cultural triumph. Uh, somebody else, somewhere else, invented skates, and then a Korean by the name of Kim Yona mm-hmm. got really, really good at skating. Um, I, I just don't see the skates fitting in. Yeah, that's right. So the, the some people say it's the government, you know, like the government is trying to water down all this suspicion that Kim Yona was sort of a disadvantage from the government mm-hmm. uh, because she was not really cooperative um, with yeah. the uh yeah, park administration, yeah. but uh, and then that's why some uh, inter- internet forum users they say probably we should uh, designate 
maybe Korean Marine Boy, Park mm. Tae-hwan's swimsuit <laughs> as well. This pair of Speedos is <laughs> an intangible cultural asset. We'll just hang it on a clothespin right here for you to admire. Um, I, we're not going to do it here, but I suppose you could go down a very deep rabbit hole mm. in terms of the politicization of mm. the Ministry of Culture and the Cultural Heritage Administration mm-hmm. and how many of these designations were nudged by a certain friend of the president. But um, we'll, we'll steer clear of that. We'll get okay. into just the basic 411. Right. What are some other things? I mean, there are some legitimate Korean sports mm-hmm. that uh, unambiguously deserve to be designated as cultural assets, right? Yes, yes. Are you into martial arts, Cart? Not really, okay. no. I, it's something I kind of wish I did when I was uh, a little bit younger, but okay. um, yeah, no, I've uh, I've never taken up, say, Taekwondo, which mm. is the quintessential, right? Mm-hmm. right Korean right. martial art. Mm. Uh, so maybe Korean language and Taekwondo, these two things are of one of the stuff. Yeah. And Hangul, yeah. obviously. Right, right. Uh, but there's another Korea's traditional martial arts besides mm. Taekwondo, which is Shirim. Shiram, is that considered a martial art or a sport? Sport. Mm. Mm. Shiram, uh, to the untrained observer, it sort of looks like sumo. Mm. The guys are not as wildly obese as the sumo wrestlers, Mm -hmm. but they're doing a lot of the same stuff. Uh, Some are quite similar, that's Mm. right. Uh, the the setting itself is really similar, too, mm. right? Um, there are topless. All these wrestlers are topless, mm-hmm. and uh, they sort of push each other. It looks like they're just trying to push uh, each opponent out of the Get ring. Get out of the ring, right? Right. They do to again to the untrained observer mm. like me. They 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 seem to be a bit fitter. They seem to be a bit more sporty and fit mm. than their sumo counterparts. Mm. But beyond that, I'm I I've never been to a shiro match. Have you? Uh, not on the spot, but when I was young, I remember I watched this. Well, my dad used to watch this, and then there was no other choice during uh, Chuseok or Lunar New Year's Day. All these TV sports channels they just covered this Shidam tournaments. So was Shidam bigger in the past than it is now? Yes. 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 I mean, way back in its traditional days. It must have been, uh, you know, a huge sport. I want you to give me some background details about Shiram right after we take a quick little jingle break. Shiram. Don't call it sumo. You'll get a lot of Koreans angry. Oh, sure. <laughs> it's quite different. But it's, it's still, it's very old. It's comparably old, isn't it? Yes, yes, yes. It has more than 5,000 years of history. Shiram. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So people could see the image of um, people doing this um, shiram on the tomb mural, mm-hmm. like back in the day. Um, and then it's traditional wrestling, mm-hmm. which is designated as an intangible culture asset. And then the Korean government is going to submit uh, the application to... Oh, so list. it's not yet a cult, an intangible cultural asset. Oh, it's it's or, Kore- in, in Korea. Within Korea, right? but it wants the UNESCO That's right. blessing, as mm, it were. Right. Okay. Every culture has its own sort of uh, wrestling or martial art kind of thing, don't mm-hmm. they? Um, 
what, what are the basic parameters of shiram? It's two guys trying to push each other out of a ring, uh, sand ring kind of thing. They can't hit each other, right? They cannot hit or each kick. other. They Purely a, 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 a body weight kind of thing. Yeah, that's right. So uh, unlike sumo, though, sumo is basically pushing... Uh, the opponent, a wrestler, out of the ring. But if that happens during the shit match, the two wrestlers would start it over again. I see. Mm. So um, a wrestler is actually not... Their basic goal is not to push the opponent out of the ring. They have to um, hold onto each other's belt, I would say. But it, in it, That garment, it, it's roughly analogous to sumo as well. It, it, it looks as though it's one single sash or something tied yes, up. Is yes, it? yes, yes, that's right. It's called a satpa. A satpa. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Uh, so the match begins by kneeling on the sand, which is about seven meters in diameter, mm-hmm. uh, on the sand in the gra- grappling position. Mm-hmm. And each wrestler wears this belt called satpa that mm-hmm. wraps around the waist and the thigh. And you have to hold on to this uh, satpa throughout the match. Oh, do you? Mm-hmm. The other guy's satpa. The, uh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> right. So, uh, and then a wrestler try a series of techniques. You hold on to each other's belt, but you can lift or uh, bend at the waist or trip. Yeah. Uh, throw, you know. Yeah. Mm. You just grab that satpa and try to fling the other guy, basically. <laughs> That's right. So if you make the opponent fall to the ground with, of course, force and then techniques, then you win. But uh, you have to do that with the opponent's body above the knee or higher, mm. touch the ground. Mm. Then that in that will make you a winner. I suppose this is a throwback. I mean... In the old days, the traditional days, Mm -hmm. physical strength, the ability to do a lot of hard kind of bulwark Mm. was very important. I imagine that kind of plays into this, this notion of, you know, very strong testosterone kind of person. Although it is an art form as well, isn't it? There's technique and it is a martial art. Right. So originally it was a survival tactic, but it evolved into this form of entertainment mm. uh, but back in the day even uh, in the 80s or probably 70s I don't remember but 70s or 80s um, when the winner of the tournament would receive a huge trophy and then a bull as a prize a bull as a yeah. prize that's, <laughs> back in those days that's a pretty good thing yes hey, speaking of bulls have you ever gone down and seen those uh, sosaum sosaum oh I bull love. Korean bullfighting yeah I know what it is but I almost think that deserves kind of a culture the, the Korean bullfighting is very very different from say uh, Latin American bullfighting mm. or Spanish bullfighting in the sense that it's two bulls fighting each other mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's they right. try to they're almost it's almost like bullshitum <laughs> yeah <laughs> So, yeah, they're trying to push each, each other out mm. or scare the other guy off, right? right? right. I think it's, uh, you know, they get a little banged up, but um, they're they're not killed no. and they're not severely hurt. Mm. And the crowds love it. Yes, yes. It's kind of fun, I think. Right, right. Yeah. Um, well, I like to just go to Chengdo, which is famous for this whole sound, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Huh, interesting. They have a whole stadium <laughs> devoted to it. I don't know, wait, sometime around spring, right? Is that right, it? yeah, that's right. I'm just wondering what all this uh, bull will get as a prize if if it wins. 
I mean, like all these human sedum wrestlers will receive a bull as a prize. Yeah. But I don't. Do they get a human? I, well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They get a, a nicer bale of hay or something Maybe, like that. Maybe right. <laughs> but yeah. Mm. So, um, any other sports in the uh, cultural list? The cultural heritage administration kind of list. Uh. Taekwondo and Shirum, and then there's one more, Taekyun. I've actually never heard of oh, that. Oh, never? That's weird. Oh, okay. It was actually registered um, as intangible cultural heritage before Taekwondo in uh. Korea. Um, and then this was the very um, first martial arts, which was listed as the intangible culture asset by UNESCO as well. What? What's like the central idea of uh, Taekyun? What do you? How do you define the Taekwondo then? What uh, to to me? Uh, mm. Well, I'm no expert, but uh, Taekwondo. It's, it strikes me that the central aspect is summoning up force with with you know impactful punches and kicks, mm. as opposed to say a judo or a a shiram type of discipline where you're using body weight and that kind of stuff. That's right. Uh, you're, you're hitting hard in Taekwondo. What, mm. Is that the same thing in Taekwondo? Well, it's a little different mm. because um, it's characterized by very fluid body, like, almost like a dance movements. Would it be comparable to, say, like a Tai Chi? Mm, tai Chi, sort of, yeah. It, we, if you don't look the leg movement, you would think, oh, this is very similar to Tai Chi. Okay. I, yeah. But um, you have to step on this. You are drawing a image. Ima- you imagine you just draw a triangle on the ground because you step on triangles. Mm. Um, and then it has many leg and then whole body movements. But like I said, it's like a dance, well orchestrated. Um, Slow or d- fast? Uh, it has kicks, but it's fast. But mm. the general movements are mm. slower, way slower mm. than any other martial arts, especially Taekwondo. Yeah. Mm. You ever seen capoeira, like Brazilian capoeira? It's, it's you- a martial art mm-hmm. and it looks very dance-ish. Oh. Yeah. In fact, I think it's, it has its origin in slave days when slaves would pretend to be dancing and having a festival, but they were learning to you know, defend themselves oh, and to kick and to okay. punch. That's what mm. I've heard about it. Again, I'm no expert on that either. Mm, okay. Taekyun. Taekyun, yes. Have, have you ever practiced uh, any kind of martial arts? Uh, Taekyun, I went to this, um, the training center in Gangnam with a bunch of other uh, foreign uh, students, I mm. think. And then I learned this Taekyun. It was so funny. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> well, Taekwondo, you do all this like flying sidekicks jump or, up and yeah. break those boards right, with your foot right but it's like dancing so you stand um you pair up with another um i don't know it's not a wrestler so it's another uh, opponent and then you just look at each other and then like dancing it's like dancing so on in that dark alley in the middle of the night you might not want to break out the taekyun maybe the, the taekwondo is better well, I think an experts are saying it's as um, forceful as Taekwondo, but it looks like. <laughs> but it's first, I a... gotta dance. <laughs> <laughs> it's based on improving your self defense techniques. Taekwon, it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then it's promoting physical or mental um, health yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Um, I used to have a friend who practiced Kuksando. Uh, mm. you, are you familiar with that? Uh, I. I heard of this, but I'm not really sure what it is exactly. From I've never been to a session, but from what I heard secondhand about it, 
it I, it seems to be like a kind of a qigong breathing meditation exercise or pranayama in the yoga sense okay so it's channeling breath and entering into these meditative states and i've heard that uh, advanced kuksando practitioners can can do absolutely amazing things oh, okay. you know balance on their fingertips and all this stuff mm. and feats of incredible strength okay. but the main benefit apparently to ordinary practitioners would be this sort of meditative state of mind and better health and better circulation of energy mm. i think the um you know breathing yoga and qigong type of stuff is going to get really really big okay. you know because mm. it, it's very easy to do everybody breathes don't they yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know and you've got you've got an hour on the subway or so you can do your breathing exercises mm. while nobody even knows. That's know? true, right? And it really does pay off. Mm-hmm. Well, there we go. We've listed some, I consider you an intangible cultural asset as well, <laughs> really? Michelle. Thank you very much for introducing us to all of that, and we'll see you again next week. Thank you for having me. All right, and that's going to bring Koreascape to another close. Our show is produced by Ujang Sop with associate production by Jamie Lee and writing by Nick Kim. I'm Kurt Asian. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Koreascape is the handle. Tune in tomorrow. It's Food and Beyond Wednesday with Yerika. You are not going to want to miss that. For those of you in Seoul, this, that, and Amy is up next, and we'll see you again tomorrow morning.